Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Good morning, lovely listeners. Dr. Lucy here with the gorgeous Dr. Mary, bringing you another fabulous episode of Real Health and Weight Loss this week. And I'm sounding very formal. You always sound very calm. It's good. I like it. I know. Good. Yes, I might channel my inner calm, a bit of formal, a bit less rah-rah this week because we have, of course, got a wonderful topic. And I guess what we're bringing this week is a little blend of some science with some practical know-how to really optimise your health and weight loss. Coming back to basics. I think it's Mm. good. It's good to revisit basics uh, every now and again. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a bit of a basic girl. I love basic. Basic keeps it simple. Simple is easy. And I'm trying trying to come up with various ways this year to make my life easier and less complicated. Ease. I think we all want a bit more ease. I like that. Yeah. I know there are people out there that like, you know, tracking and documenting and having data galore. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But it's certainly something for me that puts a barrier into doing anything if I've got to get really sort of technical and documenty. Yes. So back to basics today. We're going to be talking about how we build our plates easily and the macronutrients. And as a quick little reviser, you know, the macronutrients that we eat is fat, carbohydrate, and protein. And we're going to really be focusing in in on protein today because unlike fat or carbohydrates, protein is not usually used as a primary fuel source, not under normal circumstances. We actually use protein, protein, we, we break it down and we use it to make ourselves. We use it to make our cells, tissues, enzymes. It is the building hormones. It's the building blocks of us, largely. We are scaffolded with protein. And you need to get enough protein. And it's so interesting. So we looked up, you know, we did a tiny bit of prep, i.e. one minute before this show. (laughs) And we looked up a few recommendations on the current guidelines for protein intake. There's a lots of different ways that you can calculate how much protein you need. But again, for ease, we are looking at using perhaps your just your general body weight. You can use your lean body mass, but you've got to go and put in some calculations and because basically lean body mass is how much your body weighs minus the fat content and the water content. And you can do that, but I mean that's hard. So let's go for easy. So if we're taking total body weight, so your weight, as you step on the scales, if you haven't thrown them out, and if you have, hooray, and if you haven't, well, if you have thrown them out, just go and find somewhere to sneak on ones. Because it's, and again, it's just an estimate. It doesn't have to be perfect. But the guidelines range from about 0.8 grams per kilo. And interestingly, Diet Doctor recommends up to two grams Mm. Of protein per kilo. Quite a lot more. Mm. It is a lot more. So if you weigh 100 kilos, for example, then we recommend a minimum of one gram a day per kilo of body weight. So if you weigh 100 kilos, you should be aiming for roughly 
100 grams of protein a day. I think that's a good thing to aim for. If you eat more protein than that, it's okay. And you can also listen to your body. And your body will kind of let you know if you're still hungry and you you want a little bit more eggs, protein, meat, whatever it is that you're eating. These are just, they're rough estimates. But what you don't want to do is to consistently underdo your protein. Why don't you want to do that, Lucy? Well, we can't store protein. So we can store fat as fat, which is fuel. We can store glucose. A little bit of glucose gets converted into glycogen and then the rest gets stored as fat. So we can store those two macros, but we can't actually store protein. And if we're constantly under eating our protein, our body is trying to find the essential ingredients, so the amino acids, to make the things it needs to make. If it wants to make some hormones, it's got to go and scavenge some protein from somewhere. Now, again, it's this tricky thing because people go, what about autophagy? Autophagy is all about, you know, recycling your protein. And if you've listened to our fasting episodes, that is com- that is absolutely true. But we don't want to fast all the time either because if you do too much fasting, first of all, you won't get enough protein and your body will start to slow its metabolic rate because it's not getting enough fuel either. So like everything in the world, it is about a balance. And sometimes it can be a bit tricky to get the balance right, but we try and make it easy. So we just, if you keep it simple. So if you aim for roughly a milligram per kilo of body weight. So if you weigh 80 kilos, you have 80 grams. If you weigh 130 kilos, you have 130 grams. If you're on a quest to lose weight, you will reduce your protein as you lose weight, which is fine. So I want to have 80 grams of protein. Does that just mean that I eat 80 grams of steak? No. Leading question. (laughs) Very leading question, (laughs) but, but a good question because it is confusing. People do think 80 grams of protein is 80 grams of meat, but meat has lots of water with it. And when it doesn't have lots of water, it's called jerky. I love jerky. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My brother, when he was doing muscle training, when he was, you know, a young man in his early 20s, would be eating jerky and I'd be internally kind of puking, thinking, why would you eat that? Not realising for all these years I missed out on all that deliciousness. That's good. I know, but I was sort of lured away. You know, my brain was thinking, why would you eat jerky when you can have a Mars bar? Well, yes. Can see how a brain would do that. <laughs> yeah, a twenty-year-old brain that didn't know any better, and of course now I'm thinking, well, why would you have a Mars bar when you can have jerky? <laughs> so, Mez, if you wanted to eat eighty grams of protein a day, could you give somebody a little sample of what that might look like in terms of practical food? Yeah, so roughly, and it's gonna. It's not. This is rough, but. About 100 grams of steak is going to have about 25 grams of protein-ish. You know, that's about right. So if I'm wanting to have, say, let's just I want to hit about that 100-gram mark of protein just to make the maths easier because I'm all about ease. We're all about making our lives easier. <laughs> uh, so then I'm looking at having about 400 grams of meat. just to use the meat example because meat is a very high protein food and I I think I would struggle to have that all in one meal I could have that over the day Hmm. Mares the way I look at it most people probably don't eat 400 grams of meat a day and you don't actually need to because there's lots of sources of protein and eggs you all know we love eggs we love eggs for so many reasons they have protein 
They have some incredible vitamins, including vitamin D and choline. Well, choline's not a vitamin, but it's a nutrient, which is a micronutrient. Maybe we'll do that another time. But one egg, again, depending on the size of your egg, has about six or seven grams of protein. So three eggs will give you, say, 20 grams. Yeah. Fishes are also around about that 25% protein. So 100 grams of fish is going to have about about 25 grams of protein. Lots of great sources. And cheese is also pretty good. So hard cheese is about 25 grams per 100. Soft cheese, because soft cheese has a much higher fat content, is only about 16 grams or 15 or 16, if you want to do even, you know, not even. 15 is not an even number, but it's an easy number to add up. Mm. And if you want your plant-based sources of protein, then tempa is a good one. It's an ancient food. It's a it's a reasonably good fermented form of soy. That's about 15 to 20% protein, so 100 grams of good quality temper would have about 20 grams of protein. Tofu is another, you know, nice fermented soy product, but it's a bit less. It's about 10%, so, but still pretty high in protein. And also another lovely source that I really like is Greek yogurt, surprisingly high in protein. It's about 10% protein too. Yeah, and you can buy yogurts that are um, fortified with extra protein. And I think the people that probably struggle the most to get their protein are people who've had weight loss surgery. It's really hard if you've had weight loss surgery to get adequate protein for multiple reasons, but one of them is that protein is actually quite hard to digest. Now, that might sound like a negative, but I actually think it's a positive because assuming you haven't got had weight loss surgery, so assuming you've got a standard size stomach, then when you eat your protein, it actually takes quite a bit of energy to break it down. So your body has to produce enzymes to break down proteins, which are giant long chains of amino acids. So it sort of just gets them and cleaves them, and that takes a lot of energy. And it also produces heat. So there's this concept of the thermic effect. So it can keep you warm, which is very lovely. But if you've had weight loss surgery, it's much harder to do that because you don't, you just don't have that, the room, like you don't have the size to be able to get your protein. So for people that struggle to get their protein levels, maybe because of surgery or maybe they're ill and they just can't, you know, haven't got appetite, then you can supplement your protein with protein powders. And if you had enormous requirements for protein, so let's say, Mears, I don't think you and I will ever fit into this category, but let's say you're training for the Olympics to be a um, a weightlifter and you not only have huge muscles, so your bulk, your weight is quite heavy, you have huge muscles and you're trying to grow muscles and you're using them all the time. It's actually pretty hard probably to get your protein. Yeah. But the majority of us, it's okay. We can do it. We can just have an egg and, yep, and our protein requirements will will we'll be fine. So Mares, so we've talked about some ideas for your protein, which we've got, um, you know, we've got meat, eggs, fish, dairy, some yogurt, hemp seed is another great protein source. So you can add small amounts of lots of things if you didn't feel like just limiting your protein source to 400 grams of meat a day. <laughs> so at Real Life Medicine, we love the formula builder plate to keep it nice and simple. So you pick your protein, Add some veggies. If your protein is lean, then you can add a bit of fat and then some flavor. And if you're low carb, 
That flavour can be in the form of salt, herbs, spices. I do this all the time. It is the easiest way to make sure that you get your protein, that you can make delicious food, and you just go, oh, it's so easy. And in the olden days, I would stand at my fridge and go, oh, God, what are we going to eat? And I'd just look at this fridge door and all this fridge, and it would have so many things in it, and I'd go, I don't know. And then I'd end up getting some sort of packet of pasta out. Whereas now I go, all right, what's my protein? Like that's the question I've got. What's my protein? And in dire need, I mean, I have always got tuna. I say dire need because it's not my husband's favourite. I don't mind it. It's not my favourite. I don't mind it, but it's all right. I know you've got a few backup protein options if you haven't got fresh food in the fridge. What are yours? Yeah, so I love tinned fish. I'm a little bit weird like that. I've got sardines mackerel i've got herring i've got tuna i've got wild caught salmon and i am very happy eating all of those foods i do i am one of those people who genuinely likes sardines i'm not making that up i could quite happily eat the sardines out of the tin in good quality olive oil not canola oil or seed oil and if i can't find good fish in olive oil i'll buy it in spring water and add my own oil. So handy. I have tins of it, the stuff at work. Some of my workmates think I'm a bit weird as well. But it is really handy if I forget my lunch, which honestly can happen. Or if pre-pregnancy, I'm intending to fast, but for whatever reason, I decide not to fast, usually because something really stressful has happened at work and you know, the life of a doctor, there can be moments of, of extreme stress. I'll often break my fast if I've got a lot of um, stress. And I'll just often have to go outside because people don't like it when you open a tin of sardines in the tea room. But we've got a nice little outdoor area. (laughs) I'll sit outside and eat my sardines and I'm very happy. I would love to know if you have some sort of Icelandic genes Mm. or Norwegian genes (laughs) or some fish-eating culture through your veins. Dad's from Canada, you know. It could be a bit of, you know, Inuit in there. Yep. I know, whereas, yeah, I, I I can certainly, you know, I don't mind tuna, I don't mind salmon, but if given the choice, they're not my first, you know, it's not first line. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely go there. So I think one of the things, again, with eating low carb is to make sure you choose foods that you do like. I mean, there's a plethora of food out there. Yes, and you will have heard a couple of episodes, like maybe 50 episodes ago, I was talking about training myself to eat oysters because I don't love them but they're very, very good for zinc. And I don't know why I don't love them because they're quite salty and I like salt, but I think it's possibly a textural thing. And anyway, I, I'm working, that that's actually working out all right. I don't mind oysters now. I'm quite happy to eat oysters. But I think when sometimes you sort of just keep eating food because you think you have to, your brain can then start rebelling and going, you know what, where's some nice food? And then it'll suddenly offer you up cake as the option. Yep. Yeah, so making it easy. Pick food you like, have your backup options. What else makes building your plate, your low-carb plate, easy? So recognising you don't need 200 vegetables a day on your plate. I've got my favourites and there's a a couple of colours, so I do like a few green things. I like some red things. Eggplant I'll stick in. I'm not going to eat diced eggplant, but I will put it in curries or stews. So there's a bit of a purple thing, some yellow things, maybe some capsicum or bell pepper or some yellow squash. 
and occasionally some pumpkin. So trying to get a few different veggies with different colours. Oh, and mushrooms. I do love mushrooms. See, I love mushrooms. Do you like mushrooms? Yes. Yeah, no, I do. I do like them on their own, strangely. Yes, I do. Mm. Yeah, with butter though, not just – oh, no, totally. I'm not a raw mushroom fan. They have to Butter be and salt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So having your food available basically – you got to know how to build your plate, focus on the protein. Once you've got your protein sorted, then you add your veggies, your salad, and make sure eyeball it and see how much fat you need. If the meat's really lean, you can add a bit of fat. If the meat's really fatty, you don't add it. Making sure that you've stocked your fridge and your pantry appropriately. And you make sure that's food that you like. And I would say that it's also okay to have really simple meals if you want to. It doesn't have to be elaborate. You know, a build your plate, you know, it could be something as incredibly simple as some scrambled eggs and steamed broccoli, or it could be as elaborate as the most incredible, you know, lamb mince crack slaw recipe that you could imagine. Uh, Absolutely. And, in fact, in our membership we've got some clearly gourmet cooks who do present beautiful-looking food, not only you know, the presentation, the photography, everything about it. I think, oh, my God, it's in a magazine. But, Mays, you and I, are not we're not that skilled. And, in fact, we've coined the hashtag ugly food, which surprisingly has not taken off. But <laughs> we would like it to because there's nothing wrong with hashtag ugly food. It doesn't have to look like it's out of a magazine for it to taste amazing and be delicious and be nutritious. That's right. It's very unlikely that any microherbs are making their way into my house anytime soon, <laughs> even though they do make it look really yes. pretty. <laughs> they do. They do. So I think, lovelies, we would really urge you just focus on the protein first, add your couple of veggies, and I guess here, side note, people go, what about dessert? You know, I like yogurt and berries. And yogurt's great. I think as a main meal, it's probably not got quite enough protein in it. So you could add some things in it to increase the protein. So maybe add some hemp seeds through it or some nuts, or you can have it at the end of your meal. So if your brain has that penchant for some dessert at the end, then you can have your yogurt and berries then. So I would just be mindful of those. There's actually, and this will be another episode because we're running out of time now, but there's some great ways to be able to manage your glucose levels too by combining your macros. So for people that want to perhaps have some carbs now, you know, I'm not saying run out and get a toffee apple, but people who want to be able to eat some potato or sweet potato or even some rice, there's ways in which you can do that that will minimise the impact of the glucose and the, and the insulin. And I think we might talk about that next time. That's a great idea. I think people would love to hear about that topic. Oh, beautiful people, build your plate, keep it simple and enjoy your delicious low-carb real food meals. Wonderful. All right, darling, see you next time. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.
The information shared on the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only. It is not a substitute, nor is it intended to provide individualized medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor can it be construed as such. Please consult your doctor for any medical concerns.